Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. We're going to be discussing basic homeopathic directions, and I'm going to emphasize and try to make you realize that you always need to keep excellent records. And I say that because we always think, oh, we're going to remember that remedy that worked so well for us. But oddly enough, in a pinch, it's really hard to remember especially what worked for one child or the next. So I'm going to explain to you to keep good records. And then we will begin the discussion about the individual remedies that I talk about in my book. I actually have in the table of contents, but I have 81 different remedies, homeopathic remedies, individual remedies in my book. And then we also have what we call the tissue cell salts that were discovered by a wonderful physicist named Schussler. So that's for another day. But today, our discussion begins with the basic directions. First of all, it's very important that you remember to never open a homeopathic remedy when there is strong odor present in the room. Very often, people will also use essential oils or their coffee drinkers or they've been cooking. So you never want to keep homeopathic remedies near the kitchen or even in the bathroom where you there's the chance of opening up something that's very strong there. So go to the other end of the house or have them, a lot of moms keep these remedies in their bedroom so that the little kids aren't as likely to get a hold of them and dump them out. But open them in a, like I said, in an area where there's no strong order and Every remedy, well, they come in different kinds of bottles. I like the glass bottles with a twist-off cap. And so when you open the remedy, before you open it, you always succuss. We discussed succussion yesterday. It's basically you just hold the remedy in one hand and hit it firmly but gently on a, on a firm, on a book or on your other hand. Three succussions is sufficient. And then after you've succussed the bottle, that just reactivates the energy within the bottle. And then you unscrew the cap and you tap very gently one to three pellets inside the cap. And then you can dump that in the mouth and place, and then have the patient put that under their tongue. If it's a small child, you can take that pellet and you can actually put it in a small amount of water so that it can dissolve. And then you can just put it in their mouth by dropperful or a, spo- a teaspoon to use to scoop that into their mouth. If it's an animal, you can actually, for anyone, you can actually put it in the hand. But you really want very clean and, you know, uncontaminated hands. And then you can just put it into the mouth after you've tapped it onto the hand. Always replace the cap very quickly so that there's no chance of spillage or contamination. If a pellet has fallen out onto the table or onto the floor, Never pick it up and put it back in the bottle because that will actually contaminate the rest of the pellets in the in the bottle. Like I said, we talked yesterday about energy. You want to keep the energy within that bottle as pure as you can from the original element from which it was made. And so that's why we never open it in the presence of strong odor. 
or put anything back into the bottle because there again, you know, it could actually cancel the entire bottle and you don't want that. When you take a remedy, uh, I've had people say, oh, I can't be a coffee drinker if I'm taking a remedy. Well, it's like anything. Use your head a little bit. Um, always try to take a remedy 15 to 30 minutes on either side of drinking coffee or f- taking in food or any other strong drink. And like I said yesterday, try to remember not to be a mint or camphor person. <laughs> you know, find cinnamon toothpaste or use baking soda or use, there's a lot of really good natural toothpastes out there that are not including mint at this time, that they use cinnamon or some other um, flavoring that's not going to cancel the remedies. Because mint will cancel up to 90% of the remedies. I cannot stress that enough. I've had people who will call me and they've been taking a remedy and they'll say, it's just not working for me. Come to find out they chew mint gum or they suck on mint candies or, you know, they brush their teeth three times a day. So anyway, just find an alternative to that mint or camphor. And uh, as far as coffee goes, again, if you have a cup of coffee in the morning, that's fine. Rinse your mouth before you take any remedies. Or if you're taking a remedy once a day, take it in the evening before you go to bed. So like I said, and you can always look in the book or you can look in any other Materia Medica to find out if coffee is one of those things that will cancel. Yes, coffee does actually cancel a couple remedies. But for the most part, if you haven't had coffee for several hours, you're going to be fine taking the particular remedy. So in general, one pellet is a dose. Hahnemann actually taught that the, the smaller the dose, the more deeply the body will read that dose. So one pellet is sufficient. Like I said, if you put two or three pellets into the cap, that's fine too. But one pellet is sufficient for a dose. Even when it's diluted into water, one pellet will actually dissolved in a half a cup of water and then you succuss that water, you can use that water for the whole family if you're running low on pellets. You know, I call it a water dose and you can pretty much treat the entire family with one pellet. And so I tell moms, don't run out of remedy, just dilute it down. And then you have each, every time you give a dose, use a different teaspoon, quickly, vigorously stir that. And everybody gets a clean teaspoon for their dose, but you can use belladonna, treat a whole room full of kids with clean spoons and succussion between doses. So keep that in mind as well. And like I said, we just remember the main thing is, is not to contaminate your remedy. And that is actually pretty easy to do. And also do not keep your remedies inside the car, especially in the summer. They say that it's really not a good thing to put your remedies in the freezer either. We live here in Minnesota. We live where it gets 20 and 30 below. So I always try to make sure I bring my remedies into the house, even in the wintertime. But in the summer, definitely do not leave your remedies in the car because they say that you can, they can actually nullify the remedy if it's left in a boiling hot car. And so we try not to do that. Um, if, if it is, I tell my kids, I says, okay, now how are we going to know if this remedy has been canceled or not because it was left in the super hot car? So I say we just don't want to do that. And so with that, um, once, once you have determined the right remedy, a single pellet constitutes a dose. 
And when you're choosing between different remedies, like I said, always start with a lower potency. X is lower than C. And you can go down to a, even a 3X, 6X, 12X, 30X. Any of those X potencies are really good for colds, flu, earaches, and things like that. When you're walking up into the C potencies, which are more, they're actually a stronger potency. When you're using a C potency, that's fine as long as you are very sure that you're given the right remedy. And like I say, we'll talk about that also. I actually like a C or 12, a 6C or a 12C potency for illness as well. If I'm sure I know what I'm fighting, I like those potencies because they're very, they do a lot of really strong grunt work and they actually help affect the mind as well as the body. And we'll talk about that too. So keep your potencies low. That way you'll gain confidence and you'll learn to be very proficient in using homeopathic remedies. Once you give a remedy and you see that it's beginning to work, do not give it again until the effect seems to be lessening. So in other words, you give a remedy for someone who has the flu. And they say, oh, thank you. I feel better. And they're actually going to say that when you give them the right remedy. I actually like to give a remedy a couple of times and then walk away. You know, as soon as they say, oh, thank you. Very often they'll actually lay down and go right to sleep if they're sick. Do not repeat the dose or give the remedy again until the effect of that remedy seems to be lessening. When it seems to be needed again, then succuss the remedy Again, hold it firmly in one hand and succuss it vigorously on the palm of the other hand three or more times. This alters ever so slightly the potency, making it more efficient for the follow-up dose. Then go ahead and administer the remedy again. Always stay with the same remedy as long as it seems to be working. I Very often I will say you can give a complementary remedy, but like I said, save that for when you're getting really good at what you're doing. Always stay with that same remedy as long as it's working, and then that person will just continue to get better. If at any given point the symptoms seem to change or the remedy no longer seems to be working, then you can go ahead and switch remedies or um, give a complementary remedy. The correct remedy may actually intensify the physical symptoms for a short period of time. We talked about that in our first class. That's known as an aggravation but it will always bring relief in the form of a mental relief. And by mental, I mean they're always going to say, oh, I feel better. Even though the fever may spike, they still feel like they're doing better. So that is known as an aggravation. And don't be afraid of the aggravation because that's the body steeping up its vital force to fight the illness. It's actually strengthening its, its vital force to fight that which is going on. Because very often you'll see someone get ill and they become very prostrate. They just lay there and you, you just feel like if they would fight this, then they would get better. Well, what happens sometimes is the vital force, it gets met, the, their natural energy, their desire, their will to fight that illness that, that they've been exposed to and that they're coming down with. They just want to sleep. They just want to just not even heal. The homeopathic remedy is going to tell them, hey, wake up, heal. So we, f- we find that remedy that is the most similar, we give it, and they can't help themselves. They just start getting better. It's very fun. But we'll also talk about eventually uh, different remedies that are very, very good for the flu, the epidemic flu, and that's for another day. But today, 
uh, we are just going to continue on talking about basic remedies. Now, I encourage all moms to get themselves a little notebook, a special notebook that they set aside with their homeopathic remedies. And any time they use a particular remedy, they need to keep just a, just a few brief words about that remedy. Okay, I gave this remedy to little Johnny. Gosh, it, he didn't seem to respond to it, even though I thought the simulum was the same. I gave the second remedy. Oh, my goodness, he responded so well. Keep a little record of that because you have little Johnny and you have little Mary and you have your husband and he can never remember what he's taking. <laughs> so it's your job, mom. Keep a record so you know exactly what remedy that that child responds really well to. I have, um, like I said, I have a lot of children and oddly enough, they all take different types of remedies. There's a couple that they all seem to respond well to as well. But their individual remedies are exactly that. They're individual. So I have one daughter who, whenever she gets a headache, it's always a bryonia headache. And I'll say, honey, remember which remedy you've got to take? And she knows. And then I have another child who responds extremely well to belladonna every single time. That's their main sensation. So the point is, is until you understand it and you learn it, we can't expect our family to remember this. So keep records. And don't be afraid to write down every single thing, even your mistakes. Write them down so you're not as likely to make those mistakes again. Okay. I'm very excited about my book in the sense that over the course of my 20 years of using homeopathic remedies, there's, like I said, I have 81 remedies in this book that I thought were all extremely important to put in here because when there's someone ill, I want to know, what to use, and how to use it. Again, there are about 5,000 remedies that are out there that you have access to from one pharmacy or another. And I actually keep all these remedies on hand. I have many more than what I carry in my book. But these are my go-to remedies. These are the ones if someone gets ill, I need to have these remedies on hand. I actually carry a kit with all these different remedies in it. And there's really not much that I can't handle in the form of injury, illness, um, you know, even just simple aches and pains. It's amazing how you can take care of any kind of complaint with, with the remedies that are in this book. The first remedy that I have in my book is called Aconitum Nepalis. It's an amazing little remedy, and the key words to that remedy are fright. Shock, fright, injury, trauma. It's an excellent heat stroke remedy. Any type of exposure to dry, cold winds, and occasionally even a hot, intense weather can cause the heat stroke type of shock. Any symptom that they have is always going to be accompanied with fear and anxiety. He'll say, oh my gosh, I'm, I was so afraid. I was afraid I was going to die. If someone says that to you, you know what? Just give them the aconite. I, usually, I always do keep the Aconitum 200 on hand because when someone has an illness or a, a type of shock, they've experienced something that leaves them afraid, I want to give them a higher potency because that's going to soothe the mind as well as the body. The, like I said, we are talking about potencies earlier. The lower potencies, the Xs and the low Cs, they're going to they'll do the grunt work. 
If you've got a broken leg, you want to take a lower potency because that is really going to trigger that body to heal physically. Any higher potency, anything a 30C and above, is going to always soothe the mind as well. It triggers the mind to say, hey, you know what, calm down. You need to get better. And so when someone has this type of shock or fright, I like to give a higher potency. And then I'll go back and I'll use the lower potencies as again for the the grunt healing, the physical healing. But I remember when uh, like someone breaks a leg. Okay, if that person tells you, you know, hey, I'm fine, give them a dose of arnica right away, a higher potency arnica, and they'll go back to the lower potency arnica to help the healing. But if they say they're fine, they're still subject to shock, the shock of the injury. And we know shock is what? The silent killer. So give them a dose of arnica if they say they're fine. If they say, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm going to die, give them a dose of aconite and then go to the arnica. Because if they feel they're going to die, they're undergoing the shock in the terms of fright. So that is, you know, when there's an injury, I always like to give a dose of aconite just because, you know, that's going to help them get over that initial shock of fright. Aconite is also an excellent remedy for teething for children, especially if they tend to go into convulsions. I've heard, I remember when I was a young mother, none of my children ever had trouble with convulsions, but you hear about babies that do and their parents run them into the hospital because this child is convulsing. Oddly enough, the child is just teething. He has a a low-grade temperature, but he goes into convulsions. So aconite is an excellent remedy for that. It's not that you're not going to have your child checked out, but for the most part, if you just go ahead and give him a dose of aconite, that's going to calm everything down. The twitching muscles will cease. He's nine on his fist. He tends to calm down, and he doesn't convulse. So once you learn your child, if they're really a high-strung child, very sensitive, very fearful, aconitum is an excellent remedy for that, that little one. We have also paralysis with aconite. It's an excellent remedy to try if there's the facial paralysis known as Bell's palsy. And I've actually known several people throughout my life that have had, they've been exposed to dry, cold winds. And the next day they'll wake up and they'll have the the side of their face will be numb. They'll have Bell's palsy. It's If you're treating this allopathically, it's very difficult and very often they never get over that neurological damage that those cold, dry winds have brought upon them. Aconitum is an amazing remedy. And so always, always remember that for any type of exposure. Aconite exposure, aconite shock and exposure, and even shock and exposure together. Okay, Allium sepa is remedy number two in the book. And Allium sepa is Latin for onions, red onions. So you're standing over the sink and you're peeling an onion and then you go to the little chopping board and you start chopping it. Many, many people are very sensitive to onions. What happens when you are cutting this onion? Your eyes start to water. Your nose starts to run. You can hardly see what you're doing. You want to start crying. All of these symptoms are the types of symptoms the alium sepa or on, you know, the onion remedy is going to alleviate. So it's a huge allergy remedy. It's a huge cold remedy for little kids. 
And so all this, like I said, when you have those the burning eyes, that running nose, think of Alium Sipa. The interesting part about Alium Sipa is that when the eyes run, it's non-accurate. In other words, it's bland. It's not burning the tissue around the eyes. But yet the nose is acrid, and it is burning the tissue around the nose. So the child, his eyes are running and his nose is running, and, the own, and his nose begins to get really sore. When you see that, and he's got a cold or he's got allergies, then you know to reach for Alium Sipa. And I'm telling you about the bland or the acrid because that's really key to Alium Sipa. If, for instance, the, the nose is running, but it's not burning, then Alium Sipa is not your remedy. So remember, eyes bland, nose acrid nasal discharge. And when you have the acrid, that sore nose, reach for Alium Sipa. I have, I've actually had mom say, oh my goodness, I've give, I gave the remedy, and by the time I got halfway home, the nose started running like crazy, but it, and then when we got home, it was done. It was over. They just respond so well and so quickly to that particular remedy. If, if the simulum is there, that remedy is going to quickly, quickly alleviate symptoms. And, you know, if someone has symptoms like that, like I said, don't be afraid. Just reach for the remedy and give it. When you're giving those remedies in low potency, you are not going to harm anyone. You know, there's a lot of times people say, oh my gosh, don't give remedies if you're not sure what you're giving. And I say, you know, that's that's true. But if you look at it with a slight bit of intelligence and you say, okay, these symptoms are very similar. I'm going to try this remedy. You are not going to hurt that chi- that person, that child. You're not going to hurt anyone. Keep the potencies low. Give the remedy. It's either going to work like magic. I give it two or three times. I give it about you know 20 minutes because if it's a small child, they're not going to be able to say to you, oh, I feel better. I need to see if they're going to have any aggravation and if they're going to get better. And within 30 minutes, I'm going to know if that remedy is working for them. So I stick with it for 30 minutes or so. If it's not working, I switch remedies. But I'm going to find another remedy that's very, very close. And so don't be afraid. You know, just go ahead and use the remedies. Because if the quicker you can respond with a homeopathic remedy, the quicker those symptoms are going to be alleviated and the quicker they're going to get over that illness. I tell people when someone comes down with an illness, if their vital force, if they're under too much stress and their vital force isn't responding to fighting off that illness, then you always run the risk of a secondary infection. It can go deeper, a simple nasal cold, head cold, can move into the chest. If the body isn't able to fight that off, once it moves into the chest, then you're looking at bronchitis or pneumonia. Every now and then, you'll have a cold that just really seems to hit in the chest first. You need to get that up and out of the chest. Usually, it'll move into the head at that point, but then the body is able to kick it out quicker. So don't be afraid. Just go ahead and fight those illnesses with the homeopathic remedies. Our third remedy here in... uh, our homeopathy for mommy's book is called Illumina. And Illumina is very interesting. You always think of aluminum and, and that's exactly it. It's oxide of aluminum, which is pure clay. And when you think of pure clay, what happens? You've been, your child, you're working with clay. It's so much fun. But how, what does it do to your hands? It dries those hands right out. Pure clay sucks the moisture out of everything. So when you're looking at the remedy Illumina, you're going to say, okay, 
<laughs> dryness. And the, one, of the, one of the main reasons we use uh, I, Illumina in my world is for little kids. Very often a little kid, when he first starts eating foods, you know, he's, he's been a nursing baby and he goes on table food or he, well, he starts with uh, baby cereal first, then he goes to table food. Very easily he can get constipated. Illumina will help to relieve that dryness and help him to go. The lips tend to be dry or cracked. It's, it's an amazing remedy because when it works, it works so quickly. And you'll also sometimes notice a periodicity to, with this remedy. You know, it's alternating symptoms. They seem to be okay, and then here comes the constipation again. You think you're getting it under control, and here it comes again. So with Illumina, just think of dryness. Anything dry, the lips, the mucous membranes, the constipation is dry. It's very difficult for them to go. So just go ahead and use the remedy. Again, a low potency is amazing with the speed in which it works. Our fourth remedy, anacardium. And anacardium is a very, very fun remedy, especially with families with a lot of different children, because with this remedy, we think of the word stuck. And again, it can be a constipation remedy because they'll say things like, oh, I just feel all plugged up. I just feel like I can't go. I'm plugged. They feel powerless or paralyzed. And also with little children, you will notice that they may have anxiety of conscience. You'll say, honey, what's the matter? What's going on? Oh, nothing, nothing. And, you know, sit down and talk to that child and you're going to find out that, you know what, maybe they're nervous about something in school. Maybe they are having trouble with a particular friend that wants them to do something that they really don't feel that they should do. They feel stuck between a rock and a hard place. They want to keep mommy happy, but they kind of want to keep their friends happy as well. One dose of anacardium is going to help them get over that anxiety. They're going to they're going to feel better about themselves, and they're going to be stronger. It's also, oddly enough, one of our most popular poison ivy remedies. In a low-potency, anacardium will help to take care of that intense itching and blister-like eruptions. It doesn't have to be just poison ivy, but if there's that super intense itching like poison ivy, anacardium is a wonderful remedy. I always give Roostox. That's another remedy in here we'll talk about later. I always give Roostox first. If Roostox fails, then we'll go back to our anacardium. It is so good at helping to relieve the intense itching. It's also a really good remedy for eczema and any other type of vascular eruption and swelling. Very often, the vesicles will ooze a yellowish type transparent liquid, just like uh, cold sores, also known as herpes. These types of eruptions very often respond very well to anacardium, especially if there was the intense itching with it. Remedy number five, Antimodium Crude. Now, this is a remedy that I have never really used a lot, but when it's needed, it is amazing. You can have a child sitting in the corner. It's like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. And when you go to pick them up, they do not want you to touch them. They are children who may sit in the corner and just do not want to have anything to do with the adults in the room. There can be a lot of great sadness and despair. They are children who are inclined to grow chubby 
or they um, they can even be older people um, who may have morning diarrhea and then suddenly become constipated. But whenever you have that mind symptom, don't look at me or don't touch me. I like to reach for antimonium crude. When antimonium crude is a remedy that you should look at, the patient is always going to have a white-coated tongue. And they can have stomach upset, eczema. But for the most part, if the mind symptoms don't work, because there are a couple of remedies that have a white-coated tongue. But if the mind symptom isn't there, the don't look at me attitude, this isn't your remedy. The mind symptoms always need to go with the rest of the remedy. Because when you look at it, the remedy, like I said, if the mind symptoms don't fit, look at a different remedy. Very often these chubbier children with a white-coated tongue will have warts. This is a huge wart remedy, especially if they're on the feet or the hands. Very often, a weekly dose of thuya along with the antimonium crude, it will work wonders and get rid of almost any wart problem. Antimonium tart is remedy number six. Again, it's the antimonium is very closely related to the, the crude, but this is the tart. And this is this remedy is famous for rattling mucus in the chest. Now, usually when a person gets the cold or the flu, it doesn't usually begin with a rattling in the chest. That that is something that the, as the body's trying to heal and try to kick off, then you're going to get that rattling sound. And so, whenever you hear that, it, it sounds wet. It sounds like they're coughing through through wet, like if you had a sponge and it's dripping with water. That's what the lungs sound like when they're trying to kick off and get rid of that 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 wetness, that mucus and wet in their chest. So as they cough, it rattles. Always think of antimonium tart when you're hearing that cough. Now, very often, even in like drowning victims, they have that water in their chest that, that they're trying to get that off. Babies who are born and they've aspired, they've got the, the fluid in their chest, give the antimonium tart. These are people with that colds and flu or in the elderly. It's wonderful for the elderly as they're trying to kick this off and their vitality isn't quite strong enough to get rid of that, that wet so don't be afraid to use this remedy for the old, the young, or anyone in between. We call it the midwife's best friend because they can help that newborn infant to get rid of that wetness in the chest that they've aspired as they've gone through the birthing process. It's, uh, I, I like to give that in conjunction with um, alternating with CarboVeg, which is another remedy we'll get to eventually. The CarboVeg and Antimonium Tart are excellent remedies. The CarboVeg helps the body to get in more oxygen, the up speeds up the circulation, and then given in conjunction with the Antimonium Tart, they can throw off that wet, get more oxygen in the lungs, and then the blueness in their body, because they're, the wet in the lungs isn't allowing the body to uptake the oxygen like it should. So those two remedies work fantastic together to help the body get that, that oxygen going, get the air that they need, the blueness leaves, and they regain their health very quickly. Remedy number seven, apis. Apis, when you think of apis, is bees. Apis is actually bee venom. So what happens when you get stung by a bee? Well, a lot of people actually swell. They scream and they have pain. What kind of pain do they have? Stinging pain. 
someone gets stung by a bee, very few people can keep from howling and jumping around in a circle saying, oh, I got stung, I got stung. Little kids, I got stung. (laughs) So if there's any swelling that takes place, Apis is the first remedy of choice for for that type of situation. Uh, Every now and then you'll have someone who will actually have an allergic reaction to a bee sting. And so reach for Apis. I've seen like uh, children step on a bee and the whole foot will swell up way past the ankle. And of course it's very painful too because you can't walk on it. It's because the edema is, is traumatic. So Apis will quickly take that down. And one of the other things about bees is that they say the bee is the most jealous creature anywhere. So with that, you can kind of keep that mental with the apis as well, that anyone who has something happen in their life where they feel extremely jealous, like the queen bee is the most jealous of creatures. You have someone, a new child comes into the family. The three-year-old has that new baby. They love that new baby but they sure don't want to share that new baby with, with mommy. So when a child come, new child comes in and that the three-year-old starts acting jealous, and they're not going to say, oh, I'm jealous, but they start having an attitude change. You know what? Go ahead and give an, a, a dose of Apis to help that child with the new sibling that's come into the family because they really do love them, but they can't help the fact that they're a little bit jealous. So like I say, just go ahead and give the remedy. This is also fantastic for allergies and hay fever, especially if there's the swelling, the puffy, the hot, dry skin. Because with Apis, this is one of my favorite remedies in the sense that to listen, to read Kent's lectures, it's it's so amazing. If there's ever a situation where there's swelling, and I'm talking about any kind of swelling, you'll hear people have ha- you hear about people having, uh, you know, nephritis where there's the the profuse or the scanty urine, any type of alteration that way, the kidneys, the the bladder, any type of burning, swelling, inflammation, where the linings of the body, and I'm talking not just the skin, because the skin is the lining to the outside of the body, but even swelling on the inside of the body. You can have, think of apis. Apis is for external and internal linings the skin, the membranes, the serous sac linings, wherever there is a swelling and inflammation or edema, think of apis. And when you give apis in a low potency, it's going to help the body kick off the excess fluid. Now again, I I mentioned this in class one, you never want to give apis below a 30C to a pregnant woman because you don't want her kicking off the excess uh, fluid that she needs to maintain that pregnancy. So 30C and above, it's fantastic for, you know, um, a pregnant woman can take with complete confidence and not have any fear, but don't give below a 30C. Because like I say, the, the lower potencies are going to do more grunt work. The higher potencies are going to touch the mind and they're going to go deeper into the system, but they're not going to work as quickly. They work deeply, but not as quickly. So with APIS, like I said, you know, any type of swelling in the skin will always have a uh, hot dry, shiny, red appearance. And apis is, like I said, it's actually the number two remedy of choice for bee stings uh, when there's the threat of anaphylactic shock. Or carbolic acid is the first remedy of choice, and we'll discuss that as well. 
when we coming up. Remedy number eight is Argentum nitricum. Argentum nitricum, the main word with this one is exploding. Now what is Argentum nit? Argentum nit? Is it's silver nitrate, it's a metal remedy. And when this remedy is needed, it's people will say, oh, I have a headache. I feel like my head is going to explode. Very often, people who have been eating too much sugar will have that type of headache. You'll see little kids who they've been on a chocolate binge and they're just literally bouncing off the walls. By the end of the day, they have a headache or they're ill. This remedy will help to throw off that sugar high and help get rid of that type of headache. The headache can actually feel congestive, full, and heaviness. And they'll say, I feel like it's going to explode. This remedy is fantastic for people who tend to have that nervousness. They're really full of power and energy. And they're always in a hurry. And But yet when it comes to performance, they tend to have anxiety. So they appear to be completely capable, but they do have a sense of performance anxiety. They might get diarrhea before a particular event. And so that's an indication that they're having that anxiety. It's also a fantastic remedy for like the cough, the type of cough like a smoker might have. For that type of cough and that larynx, that gravelly sound in the, in the throat and in the, in the chest. It doesn't have to be just a smoker, but that type of mucus, coffee, croupy sound within the mucous membranes there. This remedy is really helpful for that. Like I say, it tends to antidote sugar poisoning. So someone who has having a hypoglycemic attack, use the 6X potency to get rid of that, that the shakes that they can be experiencing. Alfalfa is also very good for the hypoglycemic attack that someone can experience. And it's usually if a person has a hypoglycemic tendency, they're going to be fine so long as they stay away from processed sugar. I say processed sugar because they can still have a thing, small amounts of agave or cane sugar that's not totally processed. But they start taking in high fructose corn syrup or other processed white sugars, and they can drop them like a rock about two hours after they've taken this in. So you know, they should at least try to stay away from those types of sugars as best they can. But if they don't, if they can't, or if they've unsuspectingly eaten that type of food, then a dose of Argentum can really help with the type of headache that's going to leave them with or the shakes that's going to leave them with. And then they should remember also that a supplement of alfalfa, tincture or tonic can help them as well. Okay, we're going to move on to the ninth remedy in our book. And this one I could probably spend an entire class talking about. This is Arnica. Arnica is the number one remedy that I feel necessary to carry with me at all times because Arnica is for bruising, bruising and trauma, bruising, shock and trauma. Now this is the type of shock that the person is going to be, for instance, in an accident or they're going to trip and fall and break a leg or whatever they do, but they're going to say, oh, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Okay. Give Arnica anyway. Because again, I cannot stress that shock is one of the number one killers of people who are in accidents because the body just shuts down. It's been through a traumatic experience 
and in order to protect itself, it will just shut down. So we give the Arnica. It helps the body deal with the shock of the incident. And then it quickly tells the body to start healing. I can name several incidents throughout my life where I think back and I, I wonder, if that person would have been given Arnica, would they have lived? You know, I honestly have to say I think so. And it's the saddest state of affairs when, you know, people don't know about Arnica or they don't have it with them or they don't have access to it. And so I tell my kids, don't go anywhere without it. You know, really just don't. In my radio shows, I will be talking about, I'll be telling stories and um, probably the most story, the story that's most endearing to my heart is the story of our daughter when she was, she had an accident and wow, if it wouldn't have been for Arnica and of course all the prayers, well, would she be with us today? According to the neurosurgeon that released us from the hospital five days after her injury, uh, according to him, no, um, she may not be with us. He said, because the type of in brain injury that she had, he told us that 50% don't live and the other 50% don't get better. Not like this, he said. I've never seen this type of recovery. So I thank God every day for Arnica because our daughter is still with us and just as sweet and kind and no apparent result, no apparent repercussions from the accident. Just, just the sweetest thing. So, you know, carry Arnica with you for any type of injury, especially head trauma, bleeding, broken bones, any type of injury, Arnica, give it first because it's going to help with uh, the trauma of any injury. And even physical exhaustion. If you've been working hard all day, or even if you're on vacation, if you've been playing too hard all day, go ahead and take Arnica. It's going to help because the next day when you wake up, your muscles won't be as sore because your body has been actually healing through the night rather than just feeling sorry for itself. <laughs> if someone has to have some dental work done or, or any type of surgery, I say go ahead and take the Arnica on the way to the dentist. Take the Arnica on, you know on the way to the hospital for surgery. I do say to mothers, though, if they're on the way to the hospital to have a child, I say, don't take it before the baby's born because the body starts healing before. I've actually wondered if it didn't slow contractions because it's trying to take care of the problem before it gets there. So take the Arnica after the baby's born. All right. Arnica, like I said, it, and it's also, oddly enough, Okay, remedy number 10, arsenicum. Arsenicum is the number one remedy I use for poisoning. Now, it's not like, you know, very many people accidentally drink poison. So by the word poisoning, I mean anytime someone says to you, oh my gosh, I feel like I've been poisoned, whether it's something they ate, something they breathed in, something they were exposed to, even they're working out in the garage and they spilled fuel oil on their, on their hands and they just, they feel sick because they feel like they've been poisoned. This remedy is the number one remedy for that. Arsenicum is uh, an excellent flu remedy because of the restlessness that a person might feel. It's excellent for burns. There's always the burning sensation. Fact is I had no stories. I forgot this is a class, but 
there's always the burning sensation. A sore throat, an arsenicum sore throat, they will say to you that they have the burning in their throat. Or the thin watery discharge from the, the nose burns the lip. Their nose can be stuffy. They can have sneezing that brings no relief. This patient is always restless. When you think of arsenicum, it's not going to be the patient that's, that's lying on the couch and you can't get them up. This patient is restless. He might sit down and say, oh, I don't feel well. He'll get back up again and leave the room. He's always on the move. Restless, restless, restless is the arsenicum patient. It's the first remedy I reach for if there's a bout of diarrhea. They have the stomach flu. They have vomiting, diarrhea. They're always restless. And they always want drinks, small drinks of water. Say, oh, I'm thirsty. And then the child will pick up the glass and they they act like they're so thirsty. You figure they're going to guzzle that whole glass, but they don't. They just take a sip and they they say, thank you. And they give it back. They're going to reach for that glass every few minutes and just want one little sip. They're restless. They can, I could say, have the vomiting and diarrhea. And they can have, um, they always have, when they say, pain, the sensation is always going to be burning. Now, this remedy as well, uh, the remedy used for patients who are dying. You know, I tell people, they'll come to me and they'll have a whole list of of things that, you know, they want to see get better in their life. They'll start using homeopathic remedies and their symptoms go away. Eventually, they'll come back and they'll say, okay, now I have this, this, and that. And I kind of laugh and I, I say, okay, well, that's the progression of our lives here on this earth is that, you know, we're, we have that predisposition to disease and eventual death. You do understand that you're eventually going to die, correct? <laughs> they laugh. But oddly enough, arsenicum is an amazing, amazing remedy. Because if you've ever been with anyone who has gone through the dying process, you know, they can be brave. They can have a, a long-term illness and they're brave. But most people... At the very end of their life, they will tend to be restless, and the fear of dying actually will set in. And they, you know, they start to realize, okay, this is it. I'm going to have to leave my family. I don't know what to expect. And they, they feel that restlessness and that anxiety. When you give arsenicum in a 200 C, that fear will dissipate. The smile comes on their face. The countenance changes. The fear will leave. Of course, it's always nice to have family members holding the hand and, and praying with them and for them. But the part of the body that is so afraid, it dissipates. And I've, like I said, I've, I've seen this. It's beautiful. And you're there for them and you're helping them. And because we, sh- we all need to be able to prepare for, for death. And this remedy is, is amazing. Uh, I'm not going to say a whole lot more about it, but it's something to remember. Number 11, Avena Sativa. Avena Sativa is oat straw. Now, I was raised on a farm, and many people even today have visited their grandparents' farm, and they got to help bale straw, or they got to at least fluff up the straw in the, new ca- in the calf pen, you know, and they, after you clean the pen, you fluff up the flakes of nice-smelling, soft oat straw. What happens is the calf comes in and he rolls and he kicks and he nuzzles the straw and then he quickly lays down. That type of effect that the oat straw brings on, the initial rubbing your nose in it and feeling good and then lying down to rest, 
it's amazing. And this is exactly what the remedy does to the body. Very often I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be thinking about something that's, that's coming up or what's happened in the day prior. I'm not excited about the events, but I can't turn off my mind because I think this needs my attention and I'm trying very hard not to think about it, but I still can't sleep. Reach for the Avena 3X. Very low potency and it's amazing. You can immediately feel the mind calming and slowing down. We hope you've enjoyed this Back to the Basics podcast from Sue's Crash Course in Homeopathy. The Crash Course in Homeopathy is a 10-class audio series based on Sue's book, Homeopathy for Mommies, that gives you a crash course in learning how to use homeopathy to care for your family. If you like the full course, you can go to homeopathyformommies.com forward slash crash course. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.